Welcome to the Men of Character Podcast with your host, Bill Maser. Okay, welcome everybody back to the Men of Character Podcast. Uh, today I have Justin Scott. Um, Justin, why don't you introduce yourself for, for the audience here? Sure, man. So uh, you and I know each other. I did your Men of Character conference, which was an absolute uh, pleasure. And then obviously through our uh, space on Twitter. Um, as far as introduction of my own self, uh, I would say that uh, I'm on a mission to help individuals live to the highest capacity of their own life uh, and to experience the highest version of their own life, right? Because every choice that we make day in, day out determines who we are and who we become and what we experience. And when we can become conscious of that process uh, and, and act consciously uh, in that process, we can really take hold of the way that we live and uh, the future that we ultimately experience as a result of that. Yeah. You, um, and I just wanted to thank you for being in my conference. We're sort of, this is like the first time we're talking face to face. I know. Isn't that so, isn't that so crazy? Isn't that so crazy? <laughs> but people did mention people that purchased the conference, watched the conference. Um, I had a couple of comments around your talk being one of their favorites. So oh, man, I thought it was it. a power, like you really, you, you do the video format really well. I think you Twitter as well, but yeah, you've got that down pat the video format so that video was fantastic um thank you brother i appreciate that that's it's a huge a huge pleasure for me yeah. to it just warms my heart i think chief chuck was one if i remember who reached out and was like hey man this guy this young guy really blew me away i was like that's why i invited him uh, awesome man I, I i respect chief so like that again and i respect you too so just the just the that just love yeah. it thank you brother I so I, I thought we would talk i know you've done a you know, course on productivity. And, and I think that, you know, with all the different ways that technology has affected our lives, like, this is a topic that a lot of people are interested in. Sure. Um, I feel like I've managed to become more productive. So I think our conversation will be interesting from from both of our standpoints. But let's little, let me get a little sense of like, I guess, from your standpoint, and your, your background, like, have you have you ever, what were your habits before? What were your habits now? Sure. Changed? How have you gotten to be to this? So I would, I would say that I uh, seem to want to naturally trend towards uh, non-productivity and non-organization, right? So like when I was younger, my room was always a mess and uh, I would I would not like do just the kind of little things that were so important to maintain just daily not even like not even productivity but sense of like mental and emotional well-being you know it's like when your physical space uh, and now your digital space when when those things are in discord the likelihood that your mind is going to be in discord is much higher because you inhabit those spaces right you live there essentially. And we can say that we don't live online, but we do, we live online. Right. And so, and even now, you know, it's, I have to catch myself every now and again, but I developed these systems, uh, to, to make it as easy as I possibly could. And as simple as I possibly, uh, could to, to stay in this kind of space of organized, um, uh, order, I, I guess, 
it's a redundant way to put it, but like just to, just to, to stay organized and clean and neat so that my mental energy could be port, put towards what is more important, not having to worry about the chaos uh, in my physical or digital space. So it's like the principle of the, the world is, is chaotic, but you have to make some order out of it so that you can actually focus. Yeah. I think, the, I think a lot of that's true. I feel like, you know, my own experience is you, it's almost like you, you, when you go from being a kid to being an adult or let's say a teenager, like you just have, you never, at some point you never really planned out consciously, well, how am I going to behave every day? And right. Like you're just sort of more instinctual to some degree when you're younger. And then you don't realize maybe some of the things that you inherited from what you observed. And, and it, it's like, you have to become, like you said, conscious of those things and then see how, like, I, I almost like assume, I, I, I agree with you. Like I have, I have naturally bad uh, tendencies. Like if you just leave me to my own devices. So since I know that I purposely, like my gym is the gym I go to is literally right down the block from my job. So I have to like drive past it or if like, if I want to go during lunch, like I can do that. Like right. it reduces the excuse making. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything that I want to do in my life has to be set up so that I don't make excuses. So it's like right. make it as easy as possible for yourself to actually be productive. Agreed a hundred percent. And that, and that's exactly it, right? It's like, it's keeping it simple and easy, right? You don't want to have to make it something that you think about. And another thing that really kind of, flip the switch in my mind uh, was this video essay that I had watched uh, this YouTube channel called Nerdwriter One. I very recommend it to you and everybody else. It's an incredible uh, uh, channel. The guy puts out amazing work, but he did this piece on how architecture uh, influences our psychology. And I had never thought of that before. I had never thought about how, how the way that we structure our homes and the way that we structure our, our buildings and our cities and our towns could influence the way that we think because there's such a background thing. You know, it's like they're just kind of part of the landscape. But that makes so much sense when you when you begin to start to think about it. Because what is it? I mean, architecture has always been an extension an extension of uh, our minds. And in the in the very in a very real way, same way, um, the way that you coordinate your physical space and your digital space is a very is a very much the same thing. And I would argue even more so when it comes to your digital space. Uh, because we all are utilizing our cell phones on a daily basis, right? We're all utilizing our computers on a daily basis. People like you and me, probably even more so than the average person, because we utilize these to build uh, our businesses and our brands and to connect. So we are uh, saturated uh, and, and plugged in so often that if our, if our devices are optimized for distraction, that's going to just cause incredible dissonance for us on a daily basis. And we'll be feeling kind of anxiety and not knowing where it's coming from, right? We won't understand fundamentally that it's because of how we have our landscape, our digital feng shui, I guess you could say like structured. Uh, and then when you are able to kind of align everything and get it all coordinated and optimize it for productivity, rather than distraction, you realize how much of a difference and how much of an impact that actually makes um, as, you, as you continue to do your work and put forward uh, your effort. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely interesting. You, you, you mentioned architecture. I feel like I've seen people, I don't know if it was Pat Stedman or somebody tweeting about like churches, you know, old churches, the, the, the fact that 
some people complain of how much money is invested in, in the look and feel of a church. But I think it goes to that principle, right, of, of that environment actually does trigger an emotion and a, and a feeling. And, and I think we ignore that a lot today. I think, yeah, a lot of modern architecture, it's like it, it almost makes sense that because we're not in a great spot mentally and spiritually that our architecture is... <laughs> to some degree a little lacking and a little bland yeah 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 it's a lack of aesthetic like i don't know i'm not like an art critic but you just look a lot of this like vulgar modern art with like half human half analyst just like odd like we live in very um it's like the the mind is not operating at a peak level strange times (laughs) my brother there is absolutely no doubt about that exciting times but strange times for sure yeah it's like a it's a, exactly that so it's, it's a paradox of you if it, it's the person's individual choice what route you want to go like and it's actually compounding but if you go the bad route you can really go like it's like good habits take you in a compounding good route and bad habits take you in the opposite absolutely direction and that's the thing about it is that it's compounding, right? It's, it's a slippery slope either way. And you don't even realize you're at the bottom until you're at the bottom, right? And you can either compound, like you said, in that kind of uh, uh, bad neglectful habits, right? Because like people when they're, let's say like uh, sitting down and playing video games all day, every day, which is nothing wrong with video games. You know, I enjoy them every now and again. But like uh, when, when you're constantly in and on a daily basis, um, perpetuating these certain actions, these certain patterns, these certain behaviors, they seem so nominal at the time. But what you're doing is you're planting seeds and those seeds are going to grow and grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger and have more and more influence on you and, the, and your life and, and the quality of your life. And this goes both ways. It goes for bad and good habits, right? Yeah. You reminded me of the question that we got. So I put out a tweet, um, seeing if there's any questions for you. And you sort of, you t- we're touching on habits or, you know, I think related is like a vices. But the question was, what vices would you say you have, uh, if any? Sure, sure. So, man, I, I, I promised myself that I would think about that a little bit before I came on here and I neglected that. <laughs> um, I have, I have my thoughts on this. Like, sure. I, and, I, and I would absolutely take, take some time while I give my thoughts on this because I think about yeah. this. I, I would absolutely love to I'd absolutely love to hear what you have to say or what your thoughts are yeah so I think is I think a lot about I think I think today people so everybody has vices right like for the most part I think we all have vices I think today what I've noticed is even the most like high performing people willingly almost give in to the fact that they have vices and I think that's where we make our mistakes. I've thought about this a lot. Like I don't drink. You could, you could observe me from the outside and be like, this guy is very like repressed. He represses himself or he's, and, and maybe that, you know, and I've been thinking about that. So I'm like, is that true? Do I, am I doing that? But I think what, what I try to do is even like Twitter, right? So I, probably my vice is one of them is Twitter. Too much consumption or use of Twitter. Sure. Now I'm aware of it. But I, I think the mistake we make today is we say, oh, well, everybody has a vice. Like, you got to have, there is some vice. And I think if you look at the pe- the men of the past that talked about character and virtue, and I, I realized this because I've been reading their works, is that they still had an ideal which was you should try not to have vices. Like, even if you, it's human nature to have it, 
it's still a better ideal to try to at least put those things in, in check. Absolutely. And you meant you mentioned video games, which which made me sort of think of this question with like someone today asked me like what what are your and I get I don't know you probably get random questions like this to through Twitter and DM uh, as well. Someone's like, what do you what's your thoughts on masturbation? And I'm like, that's a pretty random <laughs> question to to hit me with. Sure. So then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not like some standing on street corners telling people telling men not to masturbate. But my, my, what I said to him was my stance on anything that's a physical or, or a desire, something that you do out of pleasure, it's fine to do it as long as you have no, you can control doing it. Like, yes. do, you, do you have a control over that thing or you just can't help yourself? Right. Like, Does it have a control? You, you play video you? games. And, yeah, exactly. You play video games and you do it every once in a while and then you can stop and not do it for months or you start and you can't stop yourself. Right. Like, there, it's like not the action that's that that has the that where like the bad part lies. The, the so, bad part lies in whether it has control over you. Do you mind if I kind of like yeah. not really segue, but add on to what you just said? So yep. for me personally, right, I have a high sex drive, and I've always had a very high sex drive, and I credit uh, much of my ability to create um, and much of my ability to perform in the avenue that I have chosen to perform in to my sex drive. Right. Um, but for a long time, pornography was a, a big vice of mine. Right. And like sex was a big vice of mine. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love sex, but like pornography is something I very much tried to eliminate completely and have succeeded. I'm like happy to say. Right. Uh, but it's a difficult thing to do because a sex is so uh, it now ingrained and intertwined into our culture. It's it's so impossible to escape. You can't escape it. Right. And that can be really, really difficult for a lot of men. And I think the reason that this is such an important thing to talk about is because I don't think sexual energy and the potential it has to become creative energy is something that is discussed to the degree that it should be. Because all, all men, and not even men, all people who have ever been high-performing people have almost exclusively had a high sex drive behind them. Because you could argue that all of our reason for advancing is fundamentally because of sex and wanting to reproduce and wanting to to uh, create offspring, right? Because our biological drive is exactly that, right? While we as human beings, because of our level of uh, sentience and consciousness, we can kind of extrapolate meaning beyond just a you know sex and 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 making and making offspring and children. Uh, but biologically, that's exactly what we are all here to do right and that's what we all seek to do but when we can learn to kind of channel that into healthier ways uh the results that we can experience can be uh, explosive napoleon hill talks about this a little bit in his book think and grow rich and he actually wrote that book two times the first time he wrote it it was not successful and the second time he wrote it it was one of the most successful and still is one of the most successful books on wealth and success that there's ever been written he accredits that to what the first time he wrote it was not under the influence of sexual energy and the second time it was you know he channeled it all into that right yes i swear it's it's incredible it's an incredible thing it's something amazing but the reason i say that and the reason that i bring yeah. that up is because i think that we can learn to channel the core like i guess the root of where our vices come from right because like it's all it's all energy right that's driving you towards an action or just towards a certain thing that you want to do. And uh, 
something like video games or drinking or smoking pot or watching porn, like all of those are, are symptoms of that root energy. And I think that we can learn to channel that root energy so that our vices become more beneficial for us. Right. Yep. I would yeah, what, what, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think what you're saying is awesome. I'm, I'm, it's like you're making me making my brain percolate and then my own thoughts. But I think you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right that it's a channeling of energy. Like I think Jordan Peterson talks about um, that when you drink alcohol, if you want to replace that, right? Cause alcohol, drinking alcohol is fun. You want to replace that. You need to replace it with adventure. Like that's yes. actually what you're looking for. Absolutely. Um, and you made me think something else. Like there was a book, I think it's every man a King by Orson. Uh, forget his last name written in the early 1900s. But he talked about that, that um, men with like that have a, a quick temper. Yeah, I think, cause I think a lot of men deal with this, right? You have quick temper, you get angry quickly. Maybe you're frustrated with your own life. Um, you know, your kid does something, you go off the cuff. And he said that that, that was actually a symptom of like an excited will. Like if you actually channel, like he would find people who had quick tempers and he would put them to work in something that they found like good meaning in. And those were the hardest workers, most successful people he had. And it's like, that made me realize like, cause I, I'm a very calm person generally. But then there's like certain things that could, that trigger like a quick temper in me. Sure. <laughs> so I've had to learn like how to, yeah, like you said, you said channel. So I don't know if it's, you could maybe say that's sexual energy, but it's almost like I think, and I, I think David Dieta talks about this as well. And I, and I, and I related a lot to his book, The Way of the Superior Man. One of my, one where, of my Bibles, man. Oh, it's one of the best books. Yep, it's great. I'm actually trying to reread it now. But the way that he says it's like you, you know, the same as act of sex is an act of creation. Your energy towards anything is an act of creation. Absolutely. Like how, you enter, how you enter the world. So I like how I tweet is how, like in certain times in my mind, I feel like maybe this is going to sound strange, but when I tweet, it's like I'm inputting something into the collective consciousness. Like sometimes yeah. I really want to hit someone. <laughs> Not strange at all, man. Like, cool. that's, that's exactly what yeah. it is when you think about it in in social media in general but especially twitter is all of us connecting our streams of consciousness together right and it's basically transmitting directly my thoughts to your thoughts and obviously conversation is a means to do that too but twitter has made it on a like a on a global wide scale right and because of that you get to manifest things in a way that you would never be able to manifest and you've seen you've seen this firsthand with your with your conference and now your book right like how because of the platform that you've built and the connections that you've made you've been able to bring something completely out of your mind into the physical world to share with other people and you get value back from doing so not even just in 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 monetary gain but in your reputation uh in your sense of fulfillment in your sense of purpose you know you once could like you once could say that i've never written a book and now you can't say that anymore you know it's it's, it's an incredible thing that we have access to and I, I fully believe that it is is entirely uh, almost magic in nature right we we are so i think ingrained in it and it's become so normal to us that we don't stop to yeah. think about what it actually is and how incredible it actually is for us to have access to it to be alive in a time that we have access to it and like yeah, you said it's all creative energy, you know, and, and I think that's the reason I, I lead with sexual energy is because I see that as being the purest 
creative force that we as human beings have. It's like two people can come together, become one thing, and then create an entirely new person. You know, it doesn't get more creative than that uh, process. But it is exactly that. It's all energy that wants to come out and wants to be expressed. And most of us, unfortunately, express it in ways that are not beneficial to us. But we can learn slowly to, to express it in ways that are beneficial to us and in a way can become our vices, right? Yeah. So what would you say to the person who's like, let's say they, they have bad habits, they have ideas, they haven't acted on them, they want to be more productive, what, what, what steps should they take? Sure. Or what so, steps did you take? Yeah. yeah, and I think I think a really good place to start is to ask yourself what it is that you're chasing. Um, most of us are looking for happiness, and I don't think happiness is it. Because happiness is a fleeting kind of thing. You know, like we will experience a high of it, and then we'll kind of hit a baseline, and we'll exist on that baseline until the next high. So it's not a sustainable thing that most of us want it to be. What I believe is a sustainable thing is fulfillment and acting in accordance with that which fulfills you. I think that gives you a very sustainable baseline through which you can experience the highs and lows of happiness and your sense of well-being does not dip in relation to that, right? So when it comes to being more productive, I think first and foremost, it's a matter of asking what fulfills you the most and then productivity becomes a secondary aspect of that because you can't help but do what fulfills you, right? We, we, once we know what it is, we go nuts if we don't do it right it's like once i once i learned uh years ago thankfully you know um that that creation in this in this way writing and now video is what so fundamentally and so deeply fulfills me i could never go without doing those things or i would i would fall apart in all kinds of ways in all kinds of terrible ways you know i'd get depressed i'd get anxious i'd get stressed i would you know, I'd probably, my diet would go to shit. I probably wouldn't exercise just because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the option to, to have this creative outlet. Right. Um, and then like fitness too, you know, that's a huge fulfillment for me and such a fundamental core for, for what I do. So I think instead of leading with how can I be more productive, it's how, what is it that I need to do that is fulfilling to me? And then productivity kind of falls naturally into place. So it's coming from a place of, okay, I've figured out what it is that I need to do that is fulfilling. How do I system, uh, systematize it so that it is as simple and as fluent and as easy for me to complete and execute as it possibly can be? Yeah, no, I think you're, I 100% agree with that. And I think my, like, I, I definitely had stages of my life where I wasn't you know, couldn't focus, couldn't concentrate. I think a lot of people exist like that because all our media sort of encourages that. It does, right? yeah. That squirrel-like uh, attention behavior. And it's hard to get away from, man. It's hard yeah. to get away from. So I think, but I think what you said is 100% true. Like when I decided to do the conference, like it was just, it. You're, what you said is 100% true. The The fact that it feels like it's aligned 100% with what I want to do as a my purpose it was like, I just had to do it. You couldn't stop me from going and inviting all the people I could. Like it just flowed out of me. Like, yep. uh, I remember how hard you went too in your building phase, man. You were just, uh, you were after it. You were after it, which was great. I, I mean, it, yeah. I, it turned out so well, you know? Well, I appreciate that. And then the, the, the book was, was very similar, except it was a lot more intimate, right? Cause there was, I wasn't like working with other people and creating stuff. It was like, 
no, you just have to sit at this laptop and, and get the, get these ideas out of your brain and into, onto paper. So I, and I put a deadline. I, I feel like one of the things, the two things that feel like they're, they help when you, so I had, you're right. I had the right purpose. So my why was, was hundred percent on target. And then with the conference, I announced it. I put a deadline of three months. Someone actually challenged me. I put four months and they were like, one of the speakers, like you could do that in shorter time. Like, why are you like, do it faster. And right. I'm like, okay. There was Noah Goldman. This, uh, he, he spoke about sales in the conference, but he's hilarious. He'll tell you just how it is. So he told me, I'm like, this guy's right. I can pull this off in three months. Like, <laughs> so I said, all right, three months do. And I, and I, then I announced it a month out. It was like a crazy mad dash to the end of it. I did the same thing with the book, with the book, the, the, the thread went viral. And then I said, I'll give myself a month to write. Cause I thought like a page per tweet, it was 70 tweets to be a 70, hundred page book. I'm like, I can yeah, do it. Pay, a page on an idea that, that I believe is probably not that hard. That was my, and then I saw people like Jose Rosado and, there's this guy I follow on Instagram, fitness guy, Brandon Carter, who just pumps out books. And I'm like, you know what? I could do that. I could pump out a book in a month if I want. So I put that deadline. I think I was like three or four days late. Like I, I finished it, but I had to edit it. That took like, yeah, you know, I don't know what the process is. So it was all new to me. Still though, but, you got it done faster exactly. than I would have thought you would, right? Even with that three <laughs> or four days. That three or yeah, four exactly. Days. I had a couple of days where I pumped out like, 15,000 words and but I really think the, dead, the deadline was what did it and also because what I was talking about are things that I believe I, I want people to un, like hear from my perspective so it was like right. easy for me to just sit and say oh well, here's how I view this um, so it was like perfect alignment of you know get I get to talk about things that I want to talk about plus I pre-sold both of them so I think that additional level of having people pay you for something that kind of pressure on it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that can get, you know, bad, but I think you, if you, if you were like, you take it as like, Hey, somebody's put faith in me so much that they've given me money. Right. That you want to just deliver on that. So I had like 50 pre-orders. I think the conference as well, I had like 50 pre-orders. So it was, you know, you, you think about it, you're like, well, I have to do this or else people are going to be clamoring for <laughs> for their money you know for their money back right well and it's also how proud you must feel after the completion of it right it's like you did what you you set out to do and and that builds unlike anything else i think uh yeah hearing you say that i can't call myself like i have to call myself an author like yep because this just happened it's you're you're right you made you made me think about that's like that's 100 percent correct so it's it's exactly what it is that was what my wife told me Cause the first couple of days, I think I started writing like 17 days before I finished it in my, and I was first day I sat down, I was distracted. I was on Twitter. Yeah. I wrote like one page and my, and I told my wife, I'm like, I'm starting to get worried about this deadline. <laughs> and she's like, just write like you're like, you're writing to our kids. And I was like, that, that's really good. Yeah, and, that's I did, really and that's good. what I did. It was like, I was, what, what would I, if I, if I, you know, let's say I die tomorrow, God forbid what would I want my kids to know about these topics? And, sure. so I just, and that literally opened the, the floodgates. Well, I love that, man. And also I think with writing and, I, and really anything in general, because um, I am breathing new life into my blog, right? Because I had fallen off that for a while, unfortunately. Uh, and I'm very much looking to kind of reinvigorate that. But what I noticed is that, you know, on the first day back to writing, 
it's like I can turn out maybe a thousand words and then I'm like fried, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's enough. But then the second day, it's like I can do 1500. And then the third day, now I can all of a sudden do 3000. Right. And it's just like, it gets so much simpler as you continue to do it because you don't really allow that, like that kind of stream to slow down. I think what it is, it's like when you're not in the process of the creation, uh, that kind of flow of energy coming out of you, right? It's like not necessarily blocked. It just needs a little bit of a wind up, a warm up to get going. And I think so many people get frustrated because they're like, they feel so stuck right at the beginning and they don't realize that like once they get over that little hump, it'll flow really, really quite easily, right? I'm not saying there won't be, you know, obstacles and other blockages as you continue to create and move forward with it, but it really is in that beginning stage is kind of the worst of it. And then it really just kind of comes out as long as you stay persistent and committed to it. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. That actually makes me think that that's what I did with, with the book. What um, you experienced? Every day, yeah, because every day I was like, I think by, by the time I had written half of it, I, w- I knew I was going to do it like pretty close to the deadline. Right. Like, I just had hit such a, an amount of momentum. Once I had already written like 30 of these pages, I'm like, all right. Like, like, then I felt good about it. Cause I, you know, had a couple of people read it and they're like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. So then it was just like, just putting more time, allocating more time. And then, and I was just doing it. Right. So I feel like the other thing I noticed was, or like the fact that I, I think I've done four podcasts this week. I was thinking this this morning, I'm like working full time. So I either do them in the morning or at lunch. So I've done four podcasts this week. It was like, well, oh, I do that. The only reason I do is I just schedule things. Like I use, to me, deadlines and ske- using your schedule and actually sticking to it. Such a way, like such a good way. The tool, yeah. And it's also like, I'll be the first to admit that I hardly have 100% weeks. You know, I, I'm pretty good about checking off everything on my to-do list, but rarely do I ever get all of the things that I wanted to get done done but it's so important to be able to look back on those weeks and see what you missed and see why maybe you really did take on too much and you just like you just feasibly couldn't do it. Or maybe you just need to build up that resilience a little bit more to be able to do more. Right. So I think, I think like you said, scheduling and deadlines and seeing where you missed and seeing where you, where you didn't miss and comparing from week to week to week is what refines your process further and further and further. And And the beautiful outcome of that, is that you end up getting more done by doing less because you learn what is the high ROI of your activity and your, and what you're doing on a daily basis. Like for me, for example, right? I love Twitter. I love putting out content on Twitter. It's one of my favorite platforms uh, for social because I think every other platform in a way is almost going wide. Whereas Twitter is always going deep because it's conversational. It's exactly what it is. Right. However, I can't spend hours of my day tweeting. So I've been, you know, scheduling my tweets uh, on, on Buffer, right? There's like tons of different apps. And that has allowed me to respond to people more consciously who were replying to me, engaging with me. And it's actually me. I'm not scheduling my responses. It, it allows me to engage with other people uh, within my network and on my timeline who are putting out interesting information that I want to discuss. So I have streamlined that whole process of content uh, making sure that my audience is still getting value, but it's freeing up time in my day to focus on much higher ROI 
uh, stuff like my coaching uh, and my courses that I'm beginning to outline and I have uh, in the in the works I think actually right now this is the first time I've even publicly discussed that so I have some courses in the works um, we'll do probably the same thing as you did right I'll announce probably about a month in advance I'll set a deadline do pre-orders really get that kind of pressure uh, under me because I work well with that as well um, and then just churn those out you know make them the best that I possibly can and then just let the world decide if it's valuable or not yeah, that, that's, the, that's it, right? Yeah, that's you it. To decide. <laughs> yep, and you just learn no matter what. And I, and I always yeah. say that like every win is a win, but every failure is a lesson as long as you learn from the lesson that becomes a win. Yeah, yeah. and it, one thing that you made me think of is, and, and I don't know if this is your experience as well, but I, I sort of go through these cycles of like um, all in, like, right, like when I did the conference, when I did the book, and then I go through cycles where I can't, it's almost like there's, I think this is definitely true. There are like seasons to, to yes. like life. Like there are Absolutely. times where actually you can try as hard as you can to do something and you're just not supposed to do it. Like, yep, I agree. And you probably just need to like disconnect and just be lazy or be, go do something completely, you know, just out in nature. I don't know what you do for 1000% relaxing thing, but are you familiar? I feel like with, I like uh, the model of 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 going completely all in, and then completely out. Yes, because <laughs> then I get the, the yep. change in perspective instead of like, you know, because it's sometimes it's just monotonous to just ev always try to be so productive. It's like, well, you need sometimes you need a break from that too. Like you can. Well, and I think you know, it's wear, so you, you wear yourself out. I think it's so important what you just mentioned of like knowing when you're in it and when you're not in it right and how important because sometimes you do have to kind of push through right and you do have to give you, you do have to give yourself the opportunity to at least try to start because usually the biggest obstacle is not so much that you're not in it but that you just haven't started and once you start then things kind of flow right um are you familiar with mark manson subtle yeah. art yeah right so he's one of my favorite authors i've been reading his blog for some odd years now and he discusses this in his writing process you know he'll sit down to write and it'll just flow out of him sometimes. And it's great when it does, but sometimes it'll just be like banging his head against the wall, trying to get a couple hundred words onto the, onto the screen. And then he stops and he thinks to himself, okay, I could either sit here for hours and get hardly any output, or I could go do something else. Like I could go do, like I can go in nature, I can play a video game, I could meditate, I could do whatever something else and then i could come back tomorrow and instead of spending hours trying to get this output i can spend a hour getting the same output because i'm actually in it this time and i think that's especially in like today because it's so which i'm seeing less of and it might be just because of the bubbles that i'm in but i'm seeing more um like mental and emotional health kind of enter the picture when it comes to entrepreneurship and the importance of that and i'm seeing more kind of talk about like consciously creating and instead of hustle culture, like grind your face off 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day. And if you're not, you know, there's somebody out there that is, and you're not doing it right. And this is not, it's just not what it is. And it's not what it should be because we as human beings can naturally only put out about four to maximum six hours of dedicated focus work every day until we're burnt out and we start experiencing diminishing returns. Right. And it's like you look at like an eight hour workday or a 12 hour workday. And the majority of that time is not spent doing deep focused work. It's spent goofing off or dicking around or whatever. So it's like as long as you hit, at least for me, 
as long as I hit those like three to, to four hours of really dedicated, like I'm in the flow of it work, I feel great about my day. And it doesn't necessarily mean I checked off everything on my checklist. It doesn't necessarily mean I, you know, met to the highest degree my expectations, but it does mean that I showed up and I did my absolute best that day. And as long as I try to do that to the best of my ability again tomorrow, I will continue to see consistently results and improvement and evolution in my process. And I also think it's a matter of seeing that everything you put out is a seed and you can't expect that seed to grow overnight. Right. And I, I feel yeah. this way sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes you can't help but feel like, man, I'm like spinning my wheels. I feel like I'm putting all this output, you know, I'm putting all these tweets and these threads and these articles and these videos. And it's like not getting me to where I want to be fast enough. And that's just a failure of patience, but it's like, it's such a compounding thing. And that kind of brings us back to the start of the conversation. It's like the more you do it and the more consistently you do it, the more and more powerful it becomes, the more and more of a force it becomes in, in your world until, until before you know it, your, your life has completely changed from, you know, two years down the line to compared to where you started. Yeah, no, I think you're hundred percent right. I, I think the, the only thing that I, that I would say I do maybe a little differently is I do feel like I, I'm, when I try to do a couple hours every day, so I, maybe, maybe it's a little different because I'm not full-time entrepreneur. So it's like you have to change context, right? Your work, home, and my men of character stuff. I do a lot better when it's like when, I, when something grabs me. When it, when, like, so when, when the idea of the book, you know, I had this thread go viral. I had no intention of making a book. The next morning, literally in my sleep, I just pictured a cover of a book and said, the book of uncomfortable truths. And I was like, that makes 110% perfect sense. Yep. So I immediately just, so it was like all like, like, I guess what one thing I've, I've realized that I used to do very poorly is, you know, you get an idea and you're intrigued by it and you're like, oh, it's going to be awesome. And you let, you don't act on it. And then days pass, you, you say something to someone, they sort of show a little bit of maybe doubt and then your own seeds of doubt of like, yeah, you know what, but people aren't going to like that. Oh, there's already somebody that does that. Da, da, da. You sort of convince yourself that this idea actually isn't worth doing. So I've meant, I, and I think I, I believe those things less and less, but I definitely know that when I feel the, like the, this thing makes sense that I have to take action. Like right then. I do agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I do agree with that. Cause that's the thing. It's like, Sometimes you do have to to sit in the chair and look at the blank piece and just make it happen, right? And do your best to make it happen. But sometimes, and, and it's rare and we can't depend on it, but inspiration, when it strikes, you have to be ready to receive it. You have to be ready to, to channel it, right? Because that is, a, that, is a, that is not so much a moment of your own kind of direction. It's just something that hits you hard and all at once. And then when that's the case, I agree with you 100%. And I, I do think there are, you know, there is room for like stints of going eight, 10 hours nonstop and yep. just making it happen. But that is not sustainable. And I know you no, know no, that that's for right. sure. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's, it's being able to listen. And, and I, I look at it almost as like a, a wave in a way that I look at a lot of different things. But it's like you will have these periods where you just go hard as you possibly can. But when you come off of those periods, you still want to make sure that the lower end of that wave is consistent, 
right? So it's consistency, yeah, yeah, consistency, yeah, yeah. consistency. There, there still has to be some underlying good habits. Exactly. Right? exactly. I, you made me. You made me think of something else, which is. So I had like you know I did the conference and then for a couple months I was like, really couldn't decide on what to do. But behind the scenes, I'm still doing all my like proper diet, proper exercise, like just feeling, enjoying myself basically. Sure. So it was like, I, I just kept that consistent. And I told myself like, well, the same way the conference came to me and I just went with it, someone, something else. And it took way longer than I thought because I just, for whatever reason, wasn't supposed to be starting. I don't know. That's well, what I tell we're also terrible, like terrible judges of how long things take or how short things take. You know, we, we just, we just are, we have, we have bad foresight more, yeah. more often than we don't. But I think the, the, the point of like making sure you're not like, you don't destroy the gains of any, anytime you do like go all in and sort of exert yourself and produce something that you don't come back the other way and sort of destroy any progress that you, that you made there. Agreed. It's like, sure, take a break, but keep, try to keep some of those healthy habits consistent so that Absolutely. you're ready for the next bout. Well, and that's the thing about those explosive periods is that they expand you. And even when you, when you kind of, cause you go out, right. And you, you explode and you put it in for, like you said, two weeks is what it took you to, to put that book out and 15,000 words a day. Yeah. Crazy, man. Like I'm so crazy stoked if I had 5,000 words a day. So 15,000 words. Is just Wait, awful. no, that might be a little high because the total, the whole book is 24,000. So I might, okay. I don't know so it might be ex <laughs> exaggerating just a little bit, but I mean, Hey man, maybe, maybe you hit that, maybe you hit that three day period and you were at 12,000 words and you were like, okay. Well, there, was uh, <laughs> definitely, there was definitely a day in there where it was a couple thousand. I maybe, right. maybe but it's like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You, but you expand, right? And, yeah. and, and you have that period. And then when you contract, you don't contract quite as tightly as you did before. And now there's slightly more room for that consistent true. movement to up a level. So I think it's more like this. It's like you have that wave, that wave, that wave, and then you explode. And then when you drop back down, that wave doesn't drop back to here. It drops back more to here, right? And yeah. And that's, that's the key is like, and that's kind of how learning happens. You know, you, you have to enjoy that plateau and you have to enjoy that time that it takes to just be on that same level because it's easy to level up in the beginning and to continuously level up, but it gets harder and harder to do it as you get higher and higher up because your ability to be masterful is increasing and there's less for you to master as a result of that. But when it's coming, you need to be prepared for it and understand when it's coming, capitalize on it as much as you possibly can so that when you do return to the plateau, it is slightly more than it was before, right? And that's just how we progressively evolve in everything that we do, whether it's business uh, in, our, in our professional lives or our personal lives. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right. I think just having, I think the important thing for people that haven't done anything is to literally just like, go and start you you know you wanted to start a blog you wanted to write a book like just start because then once you have that in your back pocket once you know you what you've done in the past it i don't know it, to me in my mind now like there's so many options available to me of what i could do and we, right. we sort of we're talking about this on offline but um it's just exciting and then you know well you put you put the effort and you, you did that so you could probably do this which is somewhat related and you can do it even better than what you did before. And it's like, unless you start down that path, you'll never know how really the type of awesome things that you could create. And I'm glad that you 
brought that up because I was thinking as we were talking about, you know, as long as you have fulfillment, then everything like everything else will kind of fall into place around that. And that's how you structure your productivity. I know there's probably going to be people listening who are like, well, what if I don't know what fulfills me? Right. What, what if I don't know if I don't have that clarity? And what you just said is so is so in relation to that in the sense that if you don't know, I think it's so important to try everything. Even even if it catches like your slightest inkling of interest, if you think to yourself, I want to start a blog, then you should write a blog post because you're going to figure out pretty quickly whether or not that's for you or not. You're going to know really quick whether or not it's something that really does give you genuine fulfillment or if it's something that you thought you might be interested in, but it doesn't carry you that way, right? And you've done two things effectively by doing that. It's you figured out what it is that you don't want to do, which is so is is just as important i think as knowing what you do want to do and you have decreased the potential options out there for you making the selection of what you do want to do much easier right so it's like a process of elimination thing because i i think we all have kind of this innate sense of what we're geared towards what kind of of activity and output we are are kind of just naturally predisposed towards right but it takes a while to figure it out and then my own life is a perfect example right when I started my personal brand a couple years ago uh, I had no idea what direction I wanted to go with it I thought maybe I wanted to do like the daily blogs and I tried that for a second and I realized I no way I could sustain that that's not for me right and so that wasn't it crossed it off the list and then uh, I thought to myself, maybe I wanted to do like travel photography and videography. And why I like photography and videography, it's not the thing that's going to carry me for decades at a time. And I, you know, crossed it off the list. And it's only about a year ago now that I really fell into the type of content that I put out now, right? The type of, of, of videos that I post and the images that I post and the, the things that I write about and, and the, the threads that I create. And that's where I know that I could exist for decades and still be doing it happily and be stoked every day to be able to do it. Right. And, and it's just a matter of finding your zone of genius. And, but it took a, a quite a bit of process of elimination, yeah, trial yeah. and error to get to that spot, you know, to get to that point. So I think for those listening who maybe don't necessarily know exactly what it is that they need to do in order to find that sense of fulfillment, the best way is to try everything that even remotely interests you and figure out what you don't want to do so you can get closer to what you do. Yeah. And I, I think part of that first you know, time you try something is you have to be aware that you're probably going to not do it very well. Right. So <laughs> like true. You have to be willing to look foolish. Like you could probably search. I think you could search my name. Actually, I know for a fact that I did. I did some virtual conference maybe eight years ago and it's pretty cringeworthy. So everybody could go Google that. It's like Bill Mazur. I forget the name of the talk, but, um, but I look back, I, I saw it the other day, just, uh, yeah, looking looking online, and I'm like, wow, this is bad. But yep, still on there. But it was, it, you know, it's like uh, you look at anybody who started anything; they always start and they look foolish. You have to be, you can't get good at anything. And I'll probably look back at you know what I'm doing now and think that it was amateur. But I don't um, think you're doing it you right if build. you don't. You know, I don't exactly, think you exactly. like if you go two years from now. And you look back at what you put out and you're like, oh man, that, that, that's not, that's not quite up to what I'm at now. Then, then you're not doing it right. You didn't evolve. Right. And I think, 
I think that probably shrinks or like, I guess expands. I'm, I'm assuming that the time between that thought probably increases as you get better and better. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. I think when you can go forward two years, look back at what you were doing a couple years back and be like, wow, that wasn't, that wasn't anything near what I'm capable of now because that yeah. means that you grew and that you evolved. Right. Yeah. One, one thing I did a podcast yesterday and I feel like it's related to this topic was we were talking about um, like motivation and yeah, I think you've mentioned a little bit, right? This, I think a lot of people that have a lot, especially young people, they have a lot of aspirations. They, they're like, they think they're lacking, they chase happiness, which is a mistake like you mentioned before. And then they look at like somebody who's very high performing, like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant right. Cardone, all these online sort of influencers. And they're like, Oh, why do I lack that motivation? Like what's wrong with me? Cause I've thought this. And, and the point that I made on that podcast, which I think is related here is like, it's actually not like I've become more productive, not because I'm more motivated, but because I'm healthier. That's actually what happened. Like I'm healthier physically. I'm healthier spiritually. I'm healthier mentally. Now it took work to get to that place, but it's like when you're not, when you're actually a properly functioning human, it's yes. only natural to go and do what you want to do and work on. Right. And in those you respect time, yourself, you have confidence. You're like, yeah, I want to do this. And you just do it. Right. Versus you're just not feeling well. You lack respect. You, 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 you think that you, what you need is this burst of emotional motivation, but you need it's something much more deeper than that in, in the core. And it probably starts with a baseline of just having core health, which I think a lot of people because of their diet, because of their physical habits or the fact that they don't, you know, do any physical activity. They just don't feel, they don't know what it is to feel normal and well. It's the first question I almost always ask when people come to me and they're like, you know, I feel this way. What do I do? I ask, how is your diet? How is your exercise? How is your sleep? Because if, if those three things are out of alignment, every other aspect of your life is going to be out of whack. And it's just exactly like you said, it's, those are the foundation, the foundational, absolute foundational habits that if you're going to do anything to improve your life, if you want to see incredibly drastic changes in your life over the course of even a couple weeks, get your diet on point, get your exercise routine on point and sleep better and everything else will improve dramatically. And I don't think like it's, you know, it's the idea of you can't build a house if there's no strong foundation to build it upon. Right. Yep. And also those, those super basic, uh, uh, habits are what allow you the discipline to carry over to other things. I equate my ability to perform uh, in my entrepreneurial space. It's directly related to my ability to perform in the gym. Is no, there's there's a hundred a hundred percent correlation between those two things because I'm able to show up in the gym and because I can go when I don't want to go and because I can put the effort in when I don't want to put the effort in. And because I know that I have built that habit and it's become so ingrained in my daily life that when I go without the gym for a week or two, I feel so off, you know, and we all need breaks. Don't get me wrong. Like we all need moments or, or times where we need yeah. to step away for a little bit. But that being said, because of the skills, the soft skills and the mental fortitude that I've built up through that practice, it translates and carries over into every other avenue of my life. And it makes me more capable of creating and in working in line with what I tell myself. Yeah. 
No, I, I think I agree with you. I, I feel the same way. I, the last three years is probably the first time in my life that I, you know, hit the gym three, four, at, at the minimum two times a week. And it's basically the foundation for everything. And that's all you need, man. Like you really don't yeah. need more than that. I mean, even a couple times a week is always going to be better than no times a week, you know? And then yep. that's, that's the thing I think people get caught up on is they think they got to go from zero to a hundred right away. And you just don't. You no, just, that's right. It, it, it always happens, right? You're always something, something gets in the way. You got to just try to plan your week around. Like I try to go in the morning and my, my later in the day is like a backup. It's like, oh, I didn't get to go in the morning. So can I go at lunch? Can I go right after work? Sure. Can I go like at nine? Like what? So, and, and I always try to, yeah, keep a mental track in my mind. Like when's the last time I went to the gym? Like, I gotta, so I, I don't do it as strict as maybe some other plans or whatever, but I try to do it enough to where I feel like it's, I'm seeing consistent growth and yeah. And I, and I benefit from when I do go in the morning, then that day I just feel much clearer mentally. Like it's like a great way to, to start the day. Absolutely. And I also think it's, you know, having that discussion and, and opening up that dialogue about uh, energy management, because there's so much talk about time management and everyone wants to make sure that their time is, you know, perfectly spent or as it possibly can be. And that's important. But it, if your energy is shit, doesn't matter how, right. it doesn't matter how right. intricate you get with your time, you're not going to be able to do anything yeah. because you don't feel good. Right. And then it's huge. It's and I think energy management first and foremost is the absolute most important thing. And the number one thing that you can do to be more productive, because when you're feeling good, when your energy is up on a more consistent basis, then you're going to be able to do more. You're going to have a greater capacity to perform. Right. You almost made me, you almost made me picture like, it's like a match, you know, the actual match trying to manage their, how much fire they can create versus like, a huge pit of uh, yeah. <laughs> like a huge like a huge a forest fire like there right. the difference in energy is more important than the time that that it the takes. thing burns now i think that's right because then you could look at certain people and you're and you're like impressed by how much they 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 get done but it's probably because they do manage their time better but it's also because when they put that focus in they're they've got way more to give Right. And it's, it's also just no, you know, there's no secret. I mean, you look at some of the most successful people in the world and they are very consistent and there's, there's a lot of overlap, you know, as they say, success leaves clues sort of thing. And most of them, not all of them necessarily, but the majority of them, they, they spend a, a real, a real amount of effort in managing their energy and making sure that their energy is is as good as it possibly can be, whether that's through meditation or physical exercise uh, or walking in nature, you know, whatever it is for you personally, it can be one of them. It can be all of them. It can be a combination of them. Like it, yeah. you have to know how to do that to be able to perform and do everything else. Right. Um, Cause that's what it ultimately all comes back down to is, is, is the energy thing because everything is, is always just pure energy before it's anything else. Right. And it has to come through our minds before it can come out into the world. And if yeah, our minds are, well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I forget who, who said this or where I got this from, but the, the, the concept of like, what you're making me think of is the concept of like, build your day, your day to day routine should be like, what's the ideal day that you want to have and try to get to that point. And I think that's like what I try to do. Like, I, I don't know, I have a, a, co- a coffee habit. 
<laughs> I love my coffee. But every morning when I brew that it's coffee, it's like a trigger, right? It's like a yeah. trigger of the same. I'm going to approach the day the same way I approached yesterday with the same energy. Like even everything from the shower to the coffee to the workout, all of these things like create the same cycle. It's like you got to do whether, like you said, could be maybe going out watching the sunrise i don't know taking a walk whatever it is the things that include things that you just actually enjoy so that increases your your energy and your excitement for for living like you can't just be all work work uh and no enjoyment so it's like you can be productive but you you also want to make sure that you're you yourself are enjoying what you're having yourself do every day absolutely couldn't agree more with you brother that's exactly what it is and and I think giving yourself that level of clarity is, is, is very important too. Like the further, the more you have clarity, the easier it is to, to actualize and manifest and create things. Right. Um, and like you said, like having kind of that day to day overview and how that translates into your weekly goals and how your weekly goals translate into your monthly goals and how your monthly goals translate into your goals about a year out. And then I recommend always probably stopping about there because it's hard for us to see more than maybe three years out and even that's a little a little stretchy um you know it's just it's just simplifying as much as you possibly can i put out a tweet the other day and i believe it so truly is just simplify to amplify you know the more that you can simplify the process the more that you can not necessarily make it easy but it should be but simple right it it doesn't it it, it shouldn't have a ton of steps it shouldn't be a ton like three really good actionable things every single day. That's all you need in order to make real progress and just execute, 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 fail, 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 keep failing and just keep getting better and better and better and better. And you will, you'll keep getting better as long as you fail and stand back up. Like yeah. um, I noticed in like for me personally, right? Like I would, uh, I would go really, really hard. You know, Mondays, like Sundays are one of my favorite days because Sunday is when I just clear the whole board. You know, I look at the week in review, I see where I failed, I see where I succeeded. And then the new, the next week is the new week. And I wake up on Monday and I'm energized, I'm fresh, like my room's clean, I'm freshly showered, my bed's made, like I have my whole schedule set out. And then uh, about Thursday, I start to dip and I start to lose that momentum. And then I'll get into this space where I almost feel uh, like, not as complete in a way or like my sense of self-worth is almost caught up in my ability to to execute which is a trap that I I very much have like worked to get out of but I also noticed that as I continue to do this my ability to continue and now I can carry past Thursday and usually into like half a Saturday but at that point I'm like okay I have like worked this whole week and done it really really well I'm totally cool to enjoy this next day and a half and just kick it and just chill out you know and 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 decompress and the other thing is on top of the productivity thing and the getting shit done thing, it's like the, the decompression thing is such a huge thing also. It's like when you give your mind just space to just not be on anything, including your phone, right? When you're just in that space of kind of nothingness, that's when a lot of your best ideas can come yeah. to you and your best creative input can come to you. And we need that just as much as we need the action, I think. Yeah, no, I think... You know, I don't meditate as much, like purposely anymore. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll do it. But actually, I do do it in the steam. I, I go to a steam room at my gym. That's awesome. And sort of meditate while I do the 10 minutes of the steam room. But I think even that practice, like before I had done any meditation, I almost never thought about my breathing about or, or never had like tried to have a clear mind. Like I think it's what, what I talked about before, where you just sort of go from becoming a kid 
and all whatever habits you 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 had and you created then and you become an adult and you're sort of just living the same <clears throat> the same habits not very consciously thinking about those things but i feel like the more you you can become conscious of that give yourself time to think since everything is every is sort of everybody's ideas and content is coming at you constantly more time for yourself to think through things you probably have the best advice for yourself than than anybody else does you just have been bombarding them and distracting yourself from them couldn't agree more with that absolutely yeah. true so this has been pretty awesome man. I've, I've enjoyed it personally. of course man me as well people absolutely. are going to get a lot of value out of it but i appreciate you justin you got more wisdom at your age than than i have for sure <laughs> thanks man i, I mean I, I i worked really hard to get to get to that place so i i, I believe it mission brother thank you well it's been a pleasure bro and um why don't you tell everybody where they can find you you know what else you're working on where they can see it get all that of course uh twitter instagram medium um are my three main platforms right now uh all at i am justin c scott at i am justin c scott same tag uh twitter obviously for for just my um uh, uh sparse thoughts ideas uh a lot of people claim to get a lot of value from it. So I hope that you yeah. can too. Uh, Instagram and Twitter too, but Instagram is kind of a hub for more of my, a little bit more in-depth writing posts, pictures. Uh, I put videos out, you know, every single week in the medium for my long form articles. And then I have links uh, to sign up for my free newsletter. If you want to apply to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you can get a free app or a free 90 minute consultation. Um, all the links in every single one of my bios, the at handle is the same for every single platform. So I try to make it as simple as possible for people who either want to A, find me or B, work with me. Awesome. Well, I, I recommend everybody go and follow you. I follow you on Twitter and Instagram and enjoy everything you put on. I'm glad we got to talk today, brother. Me too, brother. Always. Absolutely. Here. You too, man. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Bye. Yeah. All right.